Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Today is a very special day. We have a fantastic guest with us. We have Nancy Duarte. She's the principal of Duarte Design. How are you, Nancy? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is my pleasure. I was telling you before the show started, you have been like a just a very central figure even in, in my journey. Uh, when I was uh, back in 2012, I was just kind of doing some corporate training and using the same old slides. And I knew they were bad, but I didn't know how to, to fix them. And so I, I read your book, Slideology, and it would just open my eyes to everything. And it was, it was there. And I actually, right now, I have the book <laughs> with me. I kept it all these years. So I was wondering if you would do like oh. a digital sign, just kind of act like you're going to... I'll there sign right there. There you go. <laughs> Send um, me your address. I'll ship you an actual book. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. It's so great. You are one of those leading voices, but you're a voice that's able to make things so enjoyable and so real. I and mean, so just the, the whole idea of design coming into the digital world in terms of presentations was foundational back in that time. Now here we are, here we are almost 10 years later, and we're still kind of struggling with a lot of the same things. So we're going to get into that discussion. But first, I want to ask you a question, a, a capture question to prove your humanity as we enter into this digital podcast. I, I'm still a little nervous right now, just to tell you the truth, just because I, I, I admire you so much. So I want to know, I want to know who you get kind of weak need and nervous around if someone comes to you and asks to do a presentation. Give me a name that would be like, oh gosh, you would get a little nervous about. Yeah, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't work on the, fortunately, I hired people smarter than myself, <laughs> I don't work on presentations anymore. The situation I actually get the most nervous in is when I have, when I have to present to my own team. Uh-huh. Um, can you imagine what it's like to have to stand up and present in front of presentation experts? Like, yeah. <laughs> afterward, like the coaches are like, you said, um, and you did this, you know, and the, your slides weren't effective or whatever. So I get the most, I get really nervous. Like I have to calm myself down and breathe when I'm presenting to my own um, company. But, you know, we've had the privilege of of working with some really spectacular people. So I think I know they're all human. So none yeah. of those intimidate me anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And that's a wonderful thing to realize that behind all the hype around people, they're, they really are just humans that, that we're all working with. We're all flawed. Life's hard for all of us. So It's true. It's true. Yeah. Well, great. Let's get into this. We're talking about communicating your business ideas in a digital world. I'm going to start off. You had a, an article about some new virtual events. You know, obviously this last year mm-hmm. has been um, something none of us really expected, but with so much of work going digital, you, you have a message that you put out there in terms of, you know, stick to your story, find out who you're trying to connect with, enter into their story. Do you feel like as people are shifting into this almost completely digital world, do you kind of stick with the same script and say, hey, the same principles that we had before we're going to stick with? Or do you feel like you've had, you've had a shift and had to alter some of the messaging that you do? Yeah, I mean, I, the whole world is going to be different. And I think the people that keep saying, oh, I can't wait for things to get back to normal are going to be surprised that there yeah. is a new normal. Like there is no back to normal now. And it's, um, I was just listening on Clubhouse to some sessions that uh, Andreessen Horowitz was um, sharing. And they surveyed 200 of their companies that are the most what they would call like normal, typical C-Corp, Delaware Corps, and like 98% of them plan to stay remote. So there's going to yeah. be a really different way that we approach work. And the thing that's the most 
fascinating to me is I really think the ones who understand how to collaborate and communicate remotely, like through technology, through sincerity, you know, um, and and within a culture are the ones that are going to win. I think there's going to be like a leapfrog of the ones who are more effective with remote communication than the ones who are not. So it's a real thing and it's here to stay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk to that person who has you know, presentations are still part of yeah. life. Like we, we still part of business. We haven't got rid of those. Earlier, a lot of your writing and your influence impacted people who were using digital tools to deliver a presentation, but still maybe in the same room as other people that were there. Right, right. Now we're in a situation where I could be giving a presentation from my bedroom to, again, investors or to uh, clients, whoever's out there. What do you see are some of the the struggles as we try to adapt to that kind of world? Yeah, it's going to be a long time, I think, before people are ready to get in the into the room. So we had to flip some of the largest events in the world from in-person to virtual. Mm-hmm. And we learned a lot along the way. And some some is more like user-generated content where you work from home. Others have the big branded background or, or like they're sent to a video studio with the full green screen where it looks like they're actually immersed in a, in a environment. Like the production quality goes every which way uh, that you want. Yeah. But every every single day, like I literally will turn on my camera, make sure there's no trash behind me. Like I didn't even hire a guy one time. Super great. Like wore a little suit and tie to my interview to interview with me. But he had a freaking KitchenAid and filthy dishes on the kitchen <laughs> island behind him. And I was like, I can't handle it. I'm visually overwhelmed. You know, we said, show yeah. up and pretend you're selling to a CEO, you know, and I was like, that, that. Like, I, I'm sorry, but like the amount of clutter and chaos. So just like Slideology had visual norms, we have uh-huh. three visual norms we have to care about. We have to care about what's behind us. We have to care about how we show up, how we look, our presence. And we have to care about the graphics that are going to be like in front of us or to the side of us. So there's now multiple layers. We just had to, you know, worry about our slides and then walk on stage. And now it's more complicated. How we construct our content slides and how we deliver it is also changing. It's a completely different recipe. So we are coming out with a book in the fall around uh, for how to create a connection uh, when you're presenting virtually. And that's the most important thing. Like that is the most important thing through your content, your visuals, and how you deliver it. So yeah, the rules have changed quite a bit. Well, let's get into that a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of creating a connection over a virtual a platform like that. What, what are some of the unique things that people need to think about and do and plan for to make that happen? Yeah, so we have a Duarte method that's um, you have to have your strategy or your plan. And then you have story, visuals, and delivery. So uh, the content has to be uh, bite-sized pieces. Uh, the, the human brain likes novelties. So the minute you introduce something novel, people will be like, what just happened? So you can do that through bite-sized pieces of content. Sometimes I'll squill and be like, oh my God, look at this slide, right? Your, your competitor is their inbox. So you want to you wanna keep driving them back to what you're saying. Having another voice, having somebody else there makes it more conversation. Your brain re-engages. Like every time you speak and then I speak, they're like, what's going on? So you have to, you have to chunk out your content a bit differently. Um, On the slide um, category is you don't have to project everything. You don't have to project Mm -hmm. your notes. You really only need to share your screen in the very moment that you have something visual that they really need to look at. Otherwise, you're better off using your own human form and eye contact. So like right now, 
I see your face, but you're lower in my screen. And I've not looked at your face once. I'm looking at the little dot at the top right. of my screen. I'm, I haven't even looked at you for reals. And, and that creates strain because I want to have eye contact with the people that are are um, listening. And so it's harder. Like I'm more fatigued in a situation like this than I would be if you and I were just sitting in a room chatting and a video camera was over here somewhere. It's just more fatiguing and it takes more physical, emotional, and focused energy to come through the camera. I was watching a friend of mine at a conference and uh, she was so spectacular. Like her arm movements were great. Her vocal variety was up and down and, and she was leaning in. And I just, I sent her a note. I was like, I felt like I was finally in the room with someone. Wow. Like, you know, I would normally say, don't, don't be so big. And, but it was just like, oh my God, finally, I felt like, I felt like I was in a room with another human. And I think that's what's going to be really sorely missed. Now, granted, Eventually, we'll all be able to go out at night and be able to go to a ball game. Like, we're, we're so trapped in our homes. But, mm-hmm. but right now, I just loved her because I was like, oh, my God, I felt your presence. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what people are craving. That's what we Definitely. long for. Yeah. And even when we're back, it, we'll still want that. Yeah, that's kind of a, a big issue, too. What, what happens when we get back in those situations? I want to know, like, I've sensed the need, as, even when you're talking about planning a meeting, if you're the initiator of the meeting. Yeah or presentation, you have to start planning that visual experience in a much broader way than you did before. Like if you were all in person, you could just count on being in a room or if you're giving a presentation on stage, like you didn't have to worry about where the seats were aligned or what else was in their viewpoint. But now you have to think about, okay, when do I need to share my screen? How long have people just been staring at the same thing that hasn't moved for a long time? And thinking about those things is an additional thing that most people aren't used to doing, right? Right. Right. Yeah. You have to bring your, it's like when you're in a big staged event, you have an AV person, right. you have the producer calling the plays, you got someone else teeing up the sides and your clicker works every time. So your, your own AV, your, your own IT support. Um, I've learned more about technology in this whole season. <laughs> um, you know, can I click the right arrow? Do I have to click the down arrow? All the tools are different, right? And, yeah. and you have to have, I try to do a dry run and reorient myself because I've presented through every single tool. I have to show up and be in the tool that my that the audience is using. And so each of them is really, really different. Um, so yeah, you, ha- you have to be like for this, you saw. Yeah. That was a good point. I tested at home. I tested at home. My internet sounds wonky. I brought t- not one. I brought two computers. Both are hardwired and wireless. I logged in on the one on the other side of the room. Didn't work. So I dashed right over here, and this one did. Like it's like yeah. that's the kind of stuff I used to travel with two um, laptops. I know Guy Kawasaki travels with his own um, headset. Like different people have their own little pet things and and that's kind of what's happening happening now too. We'll all have our own kind of pet technology that we think works the best. Yeah. Cause like you said, we're on a platform you haven't been on before and you never know when that's going to happen. Like you might know Zoom, okay, we all can have that in mind, but there may be something different somebody throws at you. Yeah. I've you know? been thrown everything. <laughs> I want to get into a term, which I love slideology, but when you came out later with this term of a, I think you called it a slidument, is that correct? A slide doc, yes. Slide doc. Slidement is Gar Reynolds, and my fun secret is the cover of um, slideology is a silhouette of Gar Reynolds. I admire him much. (laughs) I enshrined him on the cover of slideology. He's the one. I would never have written that book if he hadn't asked me to and begged me to and held me accountable to. So, yeah, slidement is his term, and he considers it negative. Like, don't make slidements. Whereas I was like, about 85% of the things done in presentation software are in service of a denser visual document that travels around without 
the help of a presenter. So I call him a, a slide doc and slide doc dot com and slide docs.com there's a free book up there but i'm like yeah just use it exploit it put put full sentences on there and let it circulate without a presenter um and and it really is effective i love the honesty that you approach that with and just saying like look this is happening it's going to happen yeah. let's see how we can bring more signals bring more fidelity to the conversation that you're happening that you're having and add more visuals to that and just start to think and i think even that that is a good step towards where we are now in in digital collaboration and saying yeah. it's not just text like you have to bring in lots of other things to show what, what's going on Exactly. And sometimes like there's even a placemat, you know, whether it's digital or in person where you throw a graphic up there or a model or a concept and people pile in and are like, I don't agree or I agree. Like it's just a framing device sometimes for conversations. So uh, doing it well is uh, pushes ideas forward and creates traction. What are some of the things that you are excited about from moving into this more visual age where we can kind of present everything from our home or, or from a remote locations? Now, I think pretty much every event from here on out is going to have some kind of remote element to it as well, even if people are in the place. What gets you excited about that world? Yeah, I actually like this blended world. I I have loved not having to travel to do keynotes. Yeah. So to be yeah. honest, I just told a client yesterday, I was like, yeah, I don't travel anymore. <laughs> That's cool. And I think what's going to happen is as we go into these uh, blended environments, I think if this season hadn't happened, anyone who is in the remote audience would have felt like a voyeurist or like mm. not, not part of the audience. So I, those days are over. Like people, they will be immersive in the remote experience at the larger events are going to be really beautiful and really well done. Um, I think there's technology coming out that's really fun that's trying to help with collaboration, with presenting, with like this ability to create pretty good videos of yourself that can circulate um, and be your proxy if you can't be there in person. Um, there's all kinds of things happening with, you know, the beam me up Scotty where I could stand at home but look like I'm on stage and right. all that kind of stuff. So it, it's there's a lot of room for innovation people weren't expecting, which is going to be fun to see what happens and who wins. Definitely. Yeah. One of the things that I feel like the digital age has brought on is just so many new options that we have. So before yeah. it seemed like, okay, if you're going to give a presentation, get your slides ready. That's it. Yeah. Now we have a world where, okay, if I'm going to present an idea, okay, I could use slides or I could do you know, a slide doc mm-hmm. or something like that. I could do more of a collaborative Google doc if it's mm-hmm. just me and some some other people that I just need to run idea by. Yeah, I could do a recorded video of myself. Like there's so many new options that are there. What are some frameworks that people can use to start to think through those options? Yeah, I love too that you put the uh, ability to collaborate around a doc because I know some cultures don't even have internal presentations anymore. Everyone piles into a document. Once everyone signed it off, it's like done, it's approved and you know you have consensus going forward. I think I changed a lot in, in this season. So I, I delivered 22 video memos mm-hmm. and I did it because I really felt like people, there's, that's my other machine I just told you about. <laughs> it's calling me. There you go. Yeah, so I did 22 video memos, and the purpose of them was for people to see me in my home, to see me real, to see my struggle, um, for them to, I don't know why it's still ringing, but to to know and understand me in a more clear way as I rolled out the different um, steps we were at and the the next step and what it was going to be, and I, I made it really clear, and I got a lot of notes. Like, I think in some ways it was my finest hour, because I didn't... Hmm. I, it, it, 
yeah, and I, I, it, it was really, really good. And people uh, still go up and watch some of them, like they've favorited them or something. They go up and, and continue to watch them and get views. And I think that was the right thing. No slides ever. Um, the other thing that's happened in the season was we did a lot of storytelling. And one of my executives had told a story about how her son the previous year had taught her to be brave. And he has Down syndrome. And so she taught us this this the sign language for brave and it's you put your hands like this and you come out like that but that also means courage it means heal it means a whole lot of stuff and so that that sign has become something that became very important even in the memos like if I had slides up you wouldn't see every time I said brave or courage and it's just now it's just become this natural gesture that I do and um, it's become so deeply seated in who we are and so I just think it it was a season where I needed a, a lot of eye contact and love as much love as I could get to come through I wanted them to feel supported and love when the wildfires hit I was mm. like look just get out if you can't afford to get out you just get out and here's my number and call me and I will pay for whatever you need <laughs> like it, and you know and people could sense my urgency and they could sense my sorrow and they could you know and I tried to um feel what they were feeling every step of the way. And because you were able to do that on a video note, exactly. it, and it was recorded, they could see it. They didn't have to see it live. They could see it later. Exactly. They could watch it. When they- yeah. That's an amazing thing. Yeah. So is there a way that you would help leaders now as they're thinking about delivering messages to know, I mean, is it just kind of a gut feel when you need to shift towards one medium uh, versus another, or are there good situations and guidelines you can give? Yeah, I think it depends on your strategic plan, right? There's many, many moments of communication from email to collaborating in a document. There are these moments that rise above the rest where you need that communal effervescence. And first, stopping and recognizing this is a moment that needs extra communal effervescence. You got to stop and Hmm. sometimes we just plow, 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 broadcast, broadcast and stuff. And so I think that the ability to to stratify the moments and really understand, oh, oh, this can be just a quick call, this could be a quick email, this right now, we need to gather, we need some ceremony, we need some. So I did write a book called Illuminate, um, with a co-authored with Patty Sanchez, who's amazing. And it is about endings and beginnings. We wrote it in 2016. Hmm. That was about the cycle of when a crisis should have happened. So it was about four years later now we're in the middle of, no one would have guessed anything <sighs> like this, but that's what it's about. It's about um, the different the, the the different steps of a transformation and how the leader is going to feel at a different place than the people are. You need to listen to them and show up the way they receive information. For d- different situations require different things. If you have a pitch, you always send a slide doc as a read ahead. And then in the moment, you have a short story and then you have appendix, your question answer, and then you do a slide doc as a leave behind. You know, there's just typical, similar with sales. So different tools for different moments. And right now, you can show it pretty novel on screen. We've had puppets appear. We've had the mascots of our clients show up in the scenes. And um, and then all of a sudden, on uh, when someone said a certain word, all of us changed our backgrounds at the same time, just to create customer delight and and um, and even internal delight. I just we just had an internal meeting where there was gamification. It was just hysterical. I don't even. I, it was really fun. So. It, it just depends. Like I felt like everyone needed to laugh and, and they just did. And it was fun. <laughs> yeah. So it was like it's situational. I guess you could call it situational planning, but you're right. We started with it. Yeah. And so many things to bring in. Like it's about your strategy. Like you said, what do you want to do? What's, what's your goal out of this, but also reading the room and reading the community that you're around. What do they need right now? That changes everything. And there's just so many options. 
And it's gotten more complex. You started with yeah. that a bit. Like, wow, now we have gobs and gobs of choices, you know, uh, technology cho- choices. It, yeah, it's gotten more complicated for sure. Definitely. It, I mean, that's the world we live in now. We have, we have so many more options there. And we love having options, but it's like sometimes it's nice to have a little, a, a bit fewer. <laughs> I'd stop the options. <laughs> Definitely. So now, as you're thinking about, you know, where we're moving into this new world of how we get going, when somebody is trying to run a meeting, let's just take the idea of distractions uh, that are there. What are some good ways that you would recommend to help to combat distractions, particularly like you said earlier, now your main thing person that you're combating against is their inbox or, or clicking on a new window or opening up something. Yeah. So do you have any uh, good tips about how you can help people to deal with preventing other people to get distracted during their presentations? Yeah, I think it's interesting because some of it's driven by the culture. Like if it's just a random event that gobs of people are attending, most of the time they don't even, you don't even know who's there. They don't turn on your camera. Mm-hmm. We have an on-camera culture. I, I didn't demand it. It's just like everyone pops in. We're so happy to see each other. So we have an on, you know, camera on culture, I would say. I've popped into other meetings, camera on, all excited, and everybody's like hidden. Um, so I think, <laughs> um, I think that a camera on culture eliminates distractions because people can see, oh, oh, you know, you're muted, but you're on your phone. You're muted and you're, you're just, your eyes are all over the place. You can tell when someone's distracted. So we, we just have a camera on culture. So when we're there, we're engaged. Um, but you, the big lure is the inbox. That is the big, big, big blinking light because they're making a choice. Do I want to spend an hour with you or do I want to go and cook dinner an hour earlier than I would if I didn't engage with you right now? And yeah. it's, it's a bet with their time. And so there are uh, times you know, where it's like, okay, camera's off and it's more like a radio show and you're just listening. And I don't see a problem with that. I do a panel with other CEOs and I told my team, hey, come have the camera off, pretend it's radio. Just It's just for fun and it's for your benefit. You don't have to be on, you know, and I got a lot of good feedback from that. So, um, yeah, it, it, it depends, right? It's situational. Again, it all comes back to what you're trying to accomplish. Audiences at a big event, probably 80% of the audience will either want to watch it when it's convenient for them to be engaged or, or they won't be fully engaged. Yeah. And that's, you talked about Clubhouse earlier. I feel like there's something almost magical about the fact of like, it's not recorded. You can't go back and listen to it later. You have to be live for those things. And some of that really, really pulls people in. And and it's, we kind of got used to all these webinars and everything's like, hey, watch it whenever you want. Well, I'm, I'm never going to watch it because I'm, I don't want to have just an hour sitting around to watch these things. And it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, Nancy, as we kind of close this discussion, I want you to tell us, you've kind of seen a peek into the future, what's going to happen. You talk about this new book you have coming out. What are going to be the things that 20 years from now, no matter what technology throws at us, no matter what new pandemics we deal with, what's the same message you're going to keep saying regardless of what we interact with? Yeah. So for clarity, uh, Patty Sanchez on my team is writing that book and it's beautiful. I've just seen the outline and it's going to be amazing. Um, Yeah. So I think the thing that's going to be true in in the Duarte method I mentioned, it's got story, it's got visuals, it's got delivery, but where the Venn diagram overlaps is empathy. So Mm. even though we're adding things like listening and different kinds of communication methods to showing up with strong soft skills, empathy will always be where everything dovetails in our world. We're empathy first always. So that, and, and I personally, 
uh, story will always be story framework, story methods, story is applied to business. That will always be something that is in my heart forever. So yeah. e- empathy as far as the company. And then for me, story is <clears throat> just pivotal for me. Yeah. Once you interact with the Joseph Campbell method, you, you can't unsee it, right? Exactly. You can't unsee it. <laughs> well, this has been great. I love this conversation. There's so much to unpack around what it means to tell a story visually and tell a story in a digital way in, in this new world. So Nancy, thanks so much for being on the show. If you could send anyone anywhere in, in the digital world to get more in touch with what you do, where would you want them to go? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, they could go to Duarte.com slash Nancy. I have a ton of free resources there. I'm at Nancy Duarte on Twitter, at Duarte on Twitter is the company. I connect anyone on LinkedIn that connects to me. I am I'm a voyeurist on Instagram. I've never posted anything, <laughs> uh, but I'm working on that. I'm going to work on that. So that's the best way. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. We look forward to uh, continue to connect with you and learn more from what you have to say. Thank you. This was so fun. Thanks for having me. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you find it. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.